Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of the Bought by the Hour podcast. I'm your host, Jill, and I am so glad that you are here with me. We are going to do some interesting things this season. We are going to do some interviews with some people who are in the trafficking and trauma-related fields. We're going to talk about healing ourselves and helping heal our community. Uh, We're going to hear some stories for some other people who have had some traumatic experiences similar to mine. I'm really glad that you're here with me and that we can jump right into this. Tonight's episode is going to be an interview that I did with Amber from a podcast called Keeping It Real with Amber. You can find her on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, um, all of the platforms, Google, I believe. Feel free to check her out at anchor.fm forward slash keeping it real with Amber. Um, Just as a little disclaimer, because Amber and I were not in the same location, there was a few little technical glitches. I tried to edit out as much as I could with keeping the content. So just, I apologize in advance and it will not be a common thing, but I promise you it's worth the listen. As always, before every episode, I want to insert a clear content warning. Some of the topics that we discuss are considered disturbing or triggering. I want you to consider this before listening any further. Some of the topics that we discuss are physical, mental, and sexual abuse, violence, trafficking, and drug use. Jill, can you just tell us briefly what inspired you to start your podcast, Bought by the Hour? Yeah, I think I just, I kind of needed to give what happened to me some purpose. Um, I needed to use it for something good. You know, um, there were so many negative things that happened from my entire situation that I just really needed to kind of give myself an outlet where I could speak freely um, and and either help somebody get out or help, you know, keep somebody from getting in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we just want to have a conversation where others can just listen in today. I think we're going to start with where, how we really met about four years ago. Do you know that story? Yeah, I love that. So um, right after I escaped the trafficking situation that I was in, I um, was placed in a shelter that just was not really catered for trafficking victims. They didn't have a lot of experience. And so... They were like, we don't really know how to help you, but we know somebody. And we called her, and she's going to come here, and she's going to meet with you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's fine, I guess. Um, and and we've pretty much been stuck with each other ever since. True that, true that. Our relationship most definitely has grown over the last four years. I think really what we want to focus on today is maybe some of the biggest struggles coming out of trafficking. Um over that three-year period that you were trafficked you know I know um at some point in time really you wanted to go back because at least you knew what to expect I remember that being a hurdle that we kind of had to work through and you know where you're at today is most definitely not who you were four years ago so speaking to those who are maybe have been trafficked or are currently being trafficked or um it's a family member of somebody who is you know, been trafficked. Let's just have a conversation today that really could speak some hope, offer some insight into that, um, and how you have got to where you are today, which is a confidence. Um, your value is not in what others think of, of you or going to pay for you or any of those kind of things. Um, but really just who you are as an individual, as a woman, 
and your abilities beyond what your body can offer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think first coming out, like the biggest struggle was just remembering what people do every day for so long. My daily routine was have sex, make money, have sex, make money, make enough money that I don't get beat. And, and that was just all I knew I'd I'd done it for so long. And so I, I remember just waking up in the morning and I'm like, so what, what happens now? Because I just, I hadn't been in a normal life routine for so long. And so, um, you know, after eating meals and brushing my teeth and, you know, socializing with people became a norm again, um, you know, going back into the real world was, it was, it was just a one giant trigger, you know, you don't realize how many normal things you encounter on an everyday basis that just kind of you back to that alternate reality that you used to have. And so, you know, sometimes it's as simple as a cologne that somebody's wearing or a, a logo or a brand name or um, the word pimp gets used a lot in our society to describe things that are cool. and so and that's a big one for me that like I when it catches me off guard I lose my breath it feels like I got punched in the stomach and my chest hurts and you know if I know that I'm having a conversation about it's not a big deal but you scroll and you see it and you're just like oh like if people even knew what you're talking about like (laughs) what you're referring to as being cool like literally almost ruined my life (laughs) you know and so it's it's insane the amount of of daily struggles that I was not prepared for I had no idea Um, and I wish there would have been someone who was like hey so this is what's gonna happen (laughs) because it would have been nice to have a little warning (laughs) right I feel like that's kind of what you're doing with bought by the hour is that you can kind of give a deeper understanding of behind the scenes, um, maybe a greater level of empathy for those who just don't understand how maybe somebody stayed in it long. They believe that, you know, or how they, um, even coming out of it, why can't they just go get a job and jump right back into um, normal everyday activities? And I know, like, it has been a struggle, even, you know, able to kind of talk you off the ledge sometimes, you know, you're like, Amber, I'm about to lose it. And it is sometimes what other people would think would be little things, but for you, it was, it was triggering and everybody who has had hurts, you know, and been betrayed and experienced trauma and trauma in so many forms and fashions. So, you know, anybody who's had trauma can expand to a certain extent. I know that when we met, um, you had just recently had a head injury that led to your escape. And yeah. that's something still that um, is a is a daily reminder of where you've been. Um, yeah, constantly. And sometimes it's it's um, sometimes it's a catch me off guard reminder. I remember um, I had sixteen staples in the back of my head from getting pistol whipped, and it's been years since that happened. Um, but even in the last few weeks. I go to brush my hair or I go to touch my head and I hit that spot, not remembering. And it hurts. It happened. And it's so hard to explain because, you know, my skin has healed, but my skull, you know, 
is going to take time, you know. And so it's um, not only is it painful physically, uh, but it's a painful reminder (laughs) that it hasn't been that long since that was my life. And it's like, oh, yeah, that was real. Like that really happened (laughs) because I do really well some days. You know, that's just how I manage if I don't think about it. You had a sense of security in the consistency of what was expected. Yeah. Told you that he loved you and he loved you enough to teach you these hard lessons that the, you know, the big bad world, so to speak, um, teach you if he didn't take the opportunity to. And so in all of that, you know, when you have, and you refer to that fantasy of really who he was, like he, I would call him Romeo. You know, that's really how you got into that relationship was a Romeo kind of um, mentality of, of what my perception would be. And I know, but I remember and thinking, how can I go make $10 an hour at, you know, this local restaurant and I can't even go to pay rent at the end of the day, really. And yeah. I also, but I had money and in my mind, from somebody outside looking in, I asked you, but really money was it? Because even the money that you were making by the selling of your body wasn't going to you. It was always had to be handed back over to Jack. And you had a minimum that you had to make every night in order to not have consequences. And so it was, you know, one of these things, I think others have a really hard time is it sounds really irrational on why you would want to go back in any form or fashion. But when you're in a place that had security um, in a fact that, you know, you know, what's expected, right. Um, You're not going to be caught off guard in that for the most part. And you had already had things happen earlier in your life that made you vulnerable to be explored through this form and fashion. Yeah. And I I think that's, well, I think that's a big, like an important part of this, you know, because I was already, you know, I didn't have a good father figure growing up. Mm -hmm. I had a very abusive childhood that it just, when Jack stepped up and then had me start referring to him as dad, He filled that void in, in so many different categories. Not only did I have a dad and I had a protector and I had a boyfriend and I had a financial advisor and I had, you know, all these things that he like sold himself as he filled so many boxes that leaving that, like I felt naked. I felt so much more than alone because Mm -hmm. I lost like all of these areas that he was covering and I'm just like, okay, back to just me and myself. <laughs> and it's it's scary because, you know, a lot of people want to use, you know, hashtag save the children and hashtag in trafficking. But then you get out and nobody wants to hashtag help you. Surprisingly, one of the biggest issues, I think, um, finding a counselor or a therapist who is trafficking informed Mm -hmm. is almost, I mean, it's not impossible um, if you want to travel and have really good insurance, (laughs) but 
a lot of people coming out of trafficking right. don't have nice nice cars and private insurance. So right. and and then you find a therapist who, you know, is willing to meet with you, but you have to explain what trafficking is before you can even get into the therapy. And so you spend six sessions teaching your therapist. Right. And you're like, all right, now I'm exhausted. So I guess we're supposed to talk about my problems, but right. <laughs> yeah. Like and so it's it's hard to you know ask for help when the help doesn't always exist um, right. especially in this field you know um, right. i think with domestic violence and and sexual assault and sexual abuse i think that has moved forward a lot in the recent years uh, both in education and awareness i but, agree um we need to catch trafficking up because because <laughs> yeah. there are we're, we're trying to pull them out, but we can't pull them out if we don't have anywhere to put them and take care of them. So one of the things, Jill, I talk about um, when I get into public and talk about healthy relationships and how to have boundaries and just a whole lot of you know you can whatever else like that. I'll often use you as an example uh, when it comes to sex trafficking because you're somebody personal to me. I have a relationship with you. And I think what others may not realize is that even when you're no longer being trafficked, traffic in that aspect for being sexually trafficked would be like your sex being used as a commodity. You know, and I thought how you were forced to make some porn while being trafficked. And that is still being sold. And therefore, um, Jack is still benefiting from when he did have you. Right. About talk about porn for just a minute and a lot of people will say this i am not hurting anyone when i'm watching i don't involve anybody else in it what would you say to that that is the one of the biggest myths it's got to be because that um you know i i read about a case where a 14-year-old girl had to fight legally to have her porn removed from an online porn site because Mm -hmm. the porn site refused to take it down. Not only was she being raped, she was a child and had to go to court and argue for this. Like, like you don't know that the people that you're watching are doing anything consensually. You don't know the amount of drugs that they were under to be coerced into doing that. You, You have no idea the situations of the people that, you know, and, and there's no one saying that the, the account that posted that video is the owner of that video mm-hmm. or the person in it. And the internet is just, I mean, you can be whoever you want. So to yeah. say that no one is being hurt, it's the same thing with trafficking porn, unfortunately. The only way that it's ever going to stop hurting people is we have to stop the consumption if there's no buyers then there's no sellers because there's nothing to sell if nobody's buying but we have to either a get men to quit purchasing women for sex or b get people to stop watching porn in order for there to not be a reason to do it and until that happens you know we're just fighting a revolving door of a war (laughs) Absolutely. Supply and demand on that part. I think that Tim Ballard from Operation Underground Railroad does a phenomenal job of bringing awareness um, internationally to sex trafficking among human trafficking. And he, you know, he is one of those, he was probably one of the first people I just heard 
outright saying we're no longer calling it child pornography it is child rape videos and he was like this big voice that just stood firm and i have a great appreciation for him and his behind the scenes really around the world um whenever they get the opportunity where it arises he they go in and they help meet the need to be able to pull people out but i know that it is often he runs into finding places for people you have to have places for those people to go um Maybe, you know, it could be encouraging somebody today that is getting a counseling degree or is in that field already and being like, how can I be traffic informed? How can I offer myself as a resource? Because you already like when you're, when you're coming out of traffic being trapped, you're not coming out with the big bucks. Like you're coming out depleted, you know, on food stamps. Yes. And hopefully some Medicaid. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and in, that really limits your choices on what's absolutely. available. We have to do better as we're kind of rounding this out. Um, what are some practical ways that people could do better? You know, I think um, the first thing is just understanding, um, you know, trafficked is the acceptable word on social media. But when we talk about sex trafficking, 98% of the time I made up that number, it, yep. it includes prostitution. It's probably closer to 100 yeah. For some reason, that word, I love it. I heard a, a girl speak and she said, for some reason, that word changes the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Trafficked means it happened to you. Prostitute makes it your fault. Whatever right. choice, whatever moral dilemma you had that you did it to yourself. And I think just that understanding, that mm-hmm. that not blaming, that controlling your facial reactions I know that's so hard but sometimes when I say when I I do talk and I I do speeches and stuff and I say the word prostitute the look on people's faces will give it away Mm -hmm. who is like ooh, right oh (laughs) and you're like and I feel judged okay yeah I'm gonna have a seat now have a great night guys (laughs) you know so it's right um I think just you know kind of being open-minded and understanding that just because you don't feel like it's something that could have happened to you or that you would have fallen for or that you know you would have seen the red flags like you go in with you know maybe bright eyes and you think others would think I would never but I know in yours it was through a relationship you didn't yeah choose to go into that no yeah, my trip to New York was glorious. I was on the way to meet my the love of my life. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's what so, I said. Yeah, he made it. I call him Romeo because when I think about it, that's really what I thought he used. And he was just this Romeo um, yeah. aspect in that, you know. But you were you weren't to go sell yourself. You were going because you were excited to to meet somebody who authentically appeared to love you for you. Yeah, for sure better and yeah. so misunderstanding and how people are even introduced to the idea or recruited or groomed into um sex trafficking yeah i think william shakespeare said it best he said uh the prince of darkness is a gentleman and that's how they get you Rude. absolutely 
Thank you guys so much for joining me for season two, episode one. I am so grateful that you are all here. If you could do me a huge favor and please share this podcast with your friends and your family on your Facebook and your Instagram, we do have a Facebook page at Bot by the Hour. You can also add my profile on there, Jill Jones. I share all of the podcast updates. Also, if you would like more information on Amber or her podcast, you can follow her at anchor.fm forward slash keeping it real with Amber. Again, I am so glad that you were all here. Please have a wonderful week and I will see you next Saturday.